Hey, this is Joseph Thompson. Thanks for listening to the Open Spaces podcast. Why don't you sit back, relax, and join me as we take a journey together into wide open spaces. And welcome to yet another episode of Open Spaces with Joseph Thompson. What uh, an exciting time this is for me. As you know, if you've been listening in this season at all, and if you haven't, welcome. Uh, But this season, I've been talking about this idea uh, that I'm calling In Pursuit of Passion. And so every episode has featured a guest who has stepped out in faith from earning a regular income doing a nine-to-five job and instead has have chosen to pursue something that they're passionate about and turn that into a source of income for themselves. Um, And so today I have none other than a precious, precious friend of mine. Her name is Hope, but I call her Hopeful because she always has lived her life hopefully and demonstrates that. I I don't think I've ever seen Hope not smile. Hope, welcome to the show. (laughs) It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being here. And um, just for the benefit of our audience, would you Tell us your name, where you're from, and where you live now. My name is Hope Clark, and I'm from planet Earth, and I live in Orlando, Florida. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I think this is my first guest who has uh, told us that she's from, he or she is from planet Earth, um, in case you were wondering. Um, I haven't had any guests from Mars, though, but uh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Hope, what is your greatest passion? And I, I always qualify this as when I speak to Christians, because a lot of Christians will say, obviously, Jesus is my greatest passion. So I will say, apart from your relationship with Jesus, what is the thing that you are most passionate about? I would have to say liberating people. And the way that I do that is through health and emotional freedom. I think that's that's probably two of the things that hold people back the most from living out their calling the best or the, the greatest is physical health issues or uh, trapped emotional issues that keep them stuck in places. I'm, I'm going to take a moment and focus on the physical issues first mm-hmm. because uh, people can't see you, so they don't know that because this is a podcast, not mm-hmm. a video cast. But you are the epitome of healthy living. You look great for a woman in her mid-40s, if you don't mind my saying that you're in your not mid-40s. Um, and here's what I can testify to. You, I, I don't know the last time that I, you were sick. You went through COVID, Mm -hmm. never taking Mm -hmm. a COVID shot. Every Mm -hmm. single person in your home, in your family, got COVID. You Mm -hmm. didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the lifestyle that you've chosen to live, this healthy Mm -hmm. lifestyle. So you are a walking advertisement for what you believe in, for this passion that you chase. And that's Mm -hmm. so beautiful. So um, when did you discover that you were passionate about this, about liberating people both through health and emotional well-being when did you discover this uh probably when i started falling apart uh, <laughs> babies wow, uh diapers car seats uh serving in church trying to be the perfect leader perfect wife perfect mother and i'd find myself screaming into pillows in my closet late at night to try and release the emotional pent up uh things that i hadn't processed through yet and i was getting sick constantly and I realized that this isn't well-being. I may be living a life that looks like it's uh, healthy or it's right, but there's something very dysfunctional about this. 
I don't, I don't believe God created our existence here on the planet to be something that feels caustic or sick or uh, destructive. Yeah. And so I realized I, I must I must have missed something along the way. I need to go back to the beginning and start again and start with foundational understanding of how does this body operate? How am I meant to operate on a day to day basis? And what are the daily habits that help keep this physical body intact and help keep me emotionally well balanced? Can you share some of those habits with us? Um, even though I'm going to ask you some other questions, I'm just curious because I'm fascinated. I've watched, I've had a front row seat to this journey and I just wish people could see what I see and know what I know about how you've embraced this journey and some of the things you've done for both emotional and uh, physical health and well-being. Yeah, well, when, when essential oils came into our life, that was a major wake-up call because I could feel in my body the support that I received through them physically and emotionally. And it was also a call to simple practices that I just hadn't practiced before in my culture, which was like taking, taking five minutes out of every hour to do deep, long breathing exercises. Which is incredible because everyone teaches you that the brain needs oxygen to mm -hmm. function best. And at mm -hmm. best, when we are just living our everyday lives, we never breathe deeply enough here, here in our Western culture, we talk a lot about a lot of things, and then we all rush around doing what we do in our Western culture. Doing the exact opposite of what we've <laughs> just talked about. doing what we actually just talked about. Mm. So actually waking up in the morning and deep breathing for the first thing, and then stretching and moving my body 15 to 30 minutes every day, at first thing in the morning, and then uh, doing that every hour, breathing every hour is wow, I mean, that alone right there was something I didn't see anyone around me doing, but it made a massive change in how my day went along. The amazing thing, Hopeful, is that I um, have always believed this, just like you said, we talk about it, but do you know it wasn't until after my heart attack in 2020 that I started to pay close attention to that and began to do that with intentionality. Mm -hmm. I actually have... The reason I wear an Apple Watch, because to be honest, I don't like being so attached to this thing. But the reason I wear it is because it, I, I've set it to remind me a number of times a day to pause and take deep breaths for a full minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I finally started to embrace this truth and practice it, not just believe it in my head, but practice it. And I'm seeing the difference in the changes in my life. I'm on less medication now than I was before my heart attack. Mm -hmm. um, and I take supplements, most of which are from doTERRA, if I can say mm -hmm. that, um, mm -hmm. natural oils. I take uh, That's most of the medication I take, if you want to call it medication. They're mm -hmm. really supplements, but that's what I take for the most part. Uh, I, I do take um, baby aspirin because after your heart attack, you're always supposed to take something that doesn't allow your blood to clot and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So whatever the case. Um, so I love this idea of... Uh, emotional and physical, mental uh, healing. And I found the oils to be very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, Breathe is one of my favorite all-time oils <laughs> that I use. I, I do use some of these oils mm -hmm. just because they smell good. Mm -hmm. And I use them sort of as fragrances, like the cedar wood and that sort of thing. But there are some of these oils like On Guard. I, I actually use that as... I, I use On Guard toothpaste. You know, so mm -hmm. I you... Booster and all this system. came from you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, and I found that to be the case. Sickness... And, and I, you know, I'm diabetic. Uh, well, I, I have, I control it with diet and exercise, mm -hmm. but I am diabetic. I have a 
predisposition to that, my whole family, my parents. Mm-hmm. And so, but I found that the oils really helped me in managing my levels of stress, my health, my well-being, all of that. So I'm, I'm living proof as well um, that this is true. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. tell me then, um, once you realized that and you began to do it for yourself, at what point did you realize, I need this for other people? I want, I'm passionate enough about this. I want to begin to do this for other people. Keeping in mind that um, building uh, a team uh, with um, marketing these oils is sort of akin to multi-level marketing, and that already has a bad rap in America. So how did you overcome that, uh, that obstacle in your head to say, I don't care about... Um, what reputation multi-level marketing might have. I'm going to do this and introduce this introduce this to people. And I know you've grown pretty mm-hmm. high up in the organization mm-hmm. in oil. So talk to me about that. Yeah, it I, I'm currently am a certified essential oil specialist with doTERRA and I have a team organization. It's global um, of people of families who actively use essential oils in their home and high quality nutrition to help maintain their physical and emotional health. We right? are part of your team. Yeah. Yeah. And and initially when I knew that was a part of a, a relationship marketing it was a part of the relationship marketing paradigm, I was concerned about that or turned off by that as well. But the life change that I experienced in myself was so transformative. I realized it was my physical health and my emotional blocks that were stopping me from creating the impact that I wanted to create in the world. And I could see it happening in the lives of people around me. They're not able to create the businesses they want to create or the ministries they want to create. They're not able to move up or advance or expand because there was constantly something holding them back. And it usually had something to do with their physical health or emotional limitations that, you know, fear, um, concern, worry, stress, holding them back. And I just could see like this, this could change the world. What if we all lived a life that was fully healed and healthy? What could we all be doing if we all were living unlimited in that way? And I know that your faith plays large into what you do. So can you share with us a a story, a poignant story of how um, that your passion and your faith combined has impacted someone's life for the better. Can you share any story that comes oh, to mind? Oh gosh. So 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 many stories. I think it's it is my faith. It's the fact that I I believe in the Bible it says we were birthed in a garden. And when I when I think about a garden what I think about is us being surrounded by plants mm-hmm. that support the well-being Natural of this supplements, physical yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. And so I realize well we've had the tools we've been equipped with the tools to live a life of well-being and health from the very beginning of time somewhere along the course of time we abandoned that we began working in boxes and driving in boxes and living in boxes and and <laughs> living our life separated from the tools the practical tools that we've That's been so given interesting. to to maintain this physical vessel that we have to live in and we have removed ourselves from the God. This, yeah, a God-given tool that was designed to help us thrive. I mean, we were, we were living 900 years, according to biblical yeah, true. scriptures. I mean, yeah. And now we're not. What? Now we're not <laughs> we, even making it to 100. <laughs> right. So It's interesting. Isn't that interesting? And, and what, what has that taken away from us? What could we be doing? 
What could we be creating? I mean, if you knew that you had 900 years of uh, health, of well-being, what kind of legacy, what kind of uh, co-collaborative structures could you create in this world that would just be beneficial to everyone? Wow. So it was, it's that story that I take into everyone's living room, into everyone's conversation. I say, what, what's happening in your life that's preventing you from being where you want to be? What would you, if you could wave a magic wand, if you could, you know, unlimited, what would your life be like? What would you be doing to impact the world? And when people tell me their story, they usually have it right there under the surface. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to open up. This is what I want to begin. This is the business I want to start. This is the impact I want to make. And then I ask, and what's stopping you from that? And then they'll have a list of all the things they've been using as the excuses for why they can't do it. I like that. Excuses, not reasons. It feels like reasons, but, but really, really it's excuses. the excuses. And, and I got to say, I mean, some of them may feel pretty heavy, you know. If uh, yeah, I'm not discounting that. That's yeah, why I said there's fear involved with jumping off the cliff. They feel real. Mm-hmm. But the, the cave, there's this famous quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Wow. Say that again. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. If you didn't write that down, you better come back and listen to this again afterwards and write it down. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So we're all standing outside of this amazing, magical, like creative, huge, enormous cave with unknown in it. You know, you look at the opening of a cave and you and what what arises? The unknown, fear, uncertainty. Mm. But but deep down inside, you know. Treasure is in there, and that treasure's for you. It's like the treasure's for me, but you have to. the The real journey of life is learning the tools necessary to overcome the fear to enter the cave. Because the treasure's already yours. I I would have said that was a profound way to end it, but I have too many more questions <laughs> to ask, so I'm not. I can't. I'm sorry. We can't end on that, even as profound as that is. Um, What's the most painful thing you'd say you've had to navigate in the pursuit of this passion of yours? Uh, the loss of relationships. Because the, the, the way people have stigmatized uh, what you're doing and try to avoid you because they think it's... You call yeah. it relational marketing, uh, but it, it, the term, the, the more derogatory term out there is multi-level marketing. Multi-level yeah, marketing, yeah, network marketing. Ne- yeah. And that's part of it. There's a stigma to that, and people don't want to be associated with it, even if it's something incredible and life-changing. Uh, but there's also, there's also a stigma itself around essential oils, being something that's uh, voodoo or, or um, cultish or occult. Okay, or, so um, that, I have to say, I, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the fact that there's a stigma around that, and I think yeah. it's the most stupid thing I've heard. <laughs> Since a lot of these people who might stigmatize it take medicines, yeah. And medicines <laughs> all have a tiny, unfortunately minuscule uh, portion of these natural supplements in them. Well, it's like... I mean, coke, <laughs> coca, cocaine. Yeah. It's like anything that can be, that might be, have been used by others. Let's say, let's take crystals mm. or yoga. Um, some of these things are practices that people use all interchangeably. And so a group of people might say, oh, well, there's a group of people in the world who use yoga in a way that I don't want to experience or I don't approve of. And, and they would lump essential oils into that category as well. There wow. are groups of people who use oils in their 
magic or their incantations so or whatever, whatever, whatever. Evil. They're my <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, uh, dealing with the loss of relationships over beliefs. Really, mm-hmm. this is all we're talking about here is people have different viewpoints and beliefs about things that they've mm-hmm. learned culturally mm-hmm. or from religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what it ends up being is a fallout in relationship because we have different viewpoints on something. Yeah, that is so deeply wounding. But I'm you. It's disappointing. Your husband, me, my wife, we've personally experienced this on a journey together um, a number of times, actually. So mm-hmm. it's sad, but it is true. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, that is unfortunately one of the, I don't even necessarily know that I'll call it a downside, but I'll call it one of the painful parts of jumping out into the unknown to pursue your passion. And the reason I say I don't know that I'll call it a downside is I, I've come to accept at, uh, in my 60s that uh, being, um, being losing relationships mm-hmm. over things like that means that those relationships were never, ever built on solid ground in the first place well anyway. Said. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. It's, mm-hmm. it's painful, yes, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. I need to grow every day with people who <laughs> truly are on this journey with me. So uh, what's a fun story that stands out to you the, as you've pursued your passion? Because these, this topic of in pursuit of passion is heavy. That's why I'm always asking people, f- to, as I bring it to a close, for a lighthearted story, something fun that you remember <laughs> about this. You know what's funny? What came up to me when I saw this question was uh, not a particular story, but the fact that I laugh a lot more now than I ever did. Hmm. And so what I've realized is I've become more authentically me. I've, I've dug through the fears or through the insecurities and through the pain of uh, realizing I was attached to relationships more than I was to my calling. And, you know, I've experienced the walking through of all of this to be a more authentically me. This is, this is part of my calling here is to help liberate people in their health and their emotions here on this planet. And the more that I do that and become that and pursue that, the happier I am and the more I laugh and the more jokes I make and the more relaxed I am and the less tense I, tension I have in my shoulders and the more my kids enjoy me. Wow. <laughs> so you asked, what's a fun story? And I was like, wow, life is much more fun now than it used to be. So it's not just a story. It's the whole you life know, that's like all fun. Life yeah. is more fun. Yeah. So um, I have two quick questions to bring this to a close first um how has this passion that you've embraced and built this team around you how's that brought you influence in the third space and those who don't um know the scriptures or understand where i'm coming from with that because this is a life passion of mine this is one of my uh, life um stories one of the, the scriptures that i teach it's it comes from this idea that in the acts of the apostles that um, Paul first, when he got to Antioch, went to the synagogue where he preached. And I say the synagogue or the place where you delve into your spiritual growth or learning, whether for, for Christians we call that the church, for mm-hmm. Muslims they'll call mm-hmm. it the mosque. That's the first space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the first space, everyone around you is like you. They speak the same language. They think and believe the same way as you. So it's an easier place to live and do life. Mm-hmm. But then the second space is actually crucially more important than the first space because 
The second space is where we live, work, and play. That's where we spend the majority of our lives. It's your job. It's your school. It's your uh, interactions with people, going out to eat, all the things that we do. That's the second space. The third space, however, is where decisions are made about the direction of culture, about what happens, how this is going to play out. But the thing about the third space is it's not like the first or the second space. You don't just walk in. Mm-hmm. You have to be invited because the, mm-hmm. the, it's, you have to be invited by the decision makers. And an example of, of that is uh, I've always said in the past that um, when Tiger Woods was at his uh, prime playing golf and Barack Obama was president of the United States, Tiger Woods had an invitation to visit the White House. And I explained that Tiger Woods' invitation to visit the White House wasn't because of his political leanings. It wasn't because of his spiritual direction, whether he was a Christian, Muslim, or anything. It was because of what he did in the second space. He was a golfer, Mm -hmm. and at that time, the best golfer in the world for so many years. And so everybody knew who Tiger Woods was, and it didn't hurt that he was half black, which meant he was the first half black golfer to ever attain such heights. So it gave him such influence in the second space that he received an invitation into the third space. You and I don't know the conversations that happened between him and Barack Obama. We don't know if certain things he said helped change the course and direction of this nation in decisions that Obama made. But Mm -hmm. that's what I mean by the third space. So you have, uh, as you've grown in doTERRA, you've gone to heights and places Mm -hmm. and been invited to attend uh, meetings Mm -hmm. with people who make great, who who make decisions about influencing so much. So how would you say that your work in the second space has gained you in, in influence, in your passion, pursuing your passion, has gained you influence into the third space? Yeah, I've, I'm speaking tomorrow at an expo on emotional uh, management, emotional regulation. I, I spoke last year at the uh, grief symposium for the National Association for Children Grieving. Um, there you go. Yeah, and I've been invited to speak in these places mostly about integration of emotions, how to navigate, manage, and regulate emotional eruptions, emotional overwhelm. And yes, I... I use a lot, I use essential oils in our home to regulate that. But that is a massive issue in our world today. Anxiety levels, fear levels, and those emotions hold us up from doing what we're called to do. Why have I gotten the invitation to do that? Probably because I've been (laughs) practicing on a daily basis for eight years how to face the fears and actually walk through them, scream into the pillows and actually figure out what actually works and doesn't work. So basically what you do in your everyday life, in your second space, I hope my audience can hear this, that what you do, if you chase your passion, it may be the very thing that gives you access into the third space to make Mm -hmm. other people's lives better. Yeah, authenticity screams loud. Like the world feels authenticity. And they can smell pretense a mile away. Actually, I'd say 10 miles away, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I love that. So, Hope, let me close with this question. Um, With all this incredible stuff that you've shared, our listeners are probably thinking, man, I wish I could meet that woman. I wish I could see what she looks like because this is a Mm -hmm. podcast, not a video Mm -hmm. cast, so they can't. Um, tell our listeners something about you that most people might be surprised to learn having heard you <laughs> teach on this. Well, I grew up in the 90s, and so I love 90s hip-hop. <laughs> That's just a funny fact. Uh, she's, she's a white woman. <laughs> in case you didn't, t- d- yeah. d- d- 
uh, yeah. deduce that from her voice. She's a, and she loves '90s hip hop. I love '90s hip hop. <laughs> I I will sing every lyric of "What a Man," "Salt and Pepper's What a Man" to my husband, <laughs> and he loves it. And I'm not going to demonstrate right now. You just have Darn to trust it. me on that. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, this was such a joy to have you. And like just about every single one of my conversations, it just shows you how powerful this um, topic we're talking about is. I've set my clock every time for 20 minutes and I've well run over it for every one of these conversations. So I love that and I make no apologies. So thank you for coming on and any last parting words for our audience? I just I just would challenge you to pursue it. If you have a calling deep down inside, a secret quiet knowingness of something more for you, you do whatever it takes to, to tear off the costumes of pretense or the obligations you think you're committed to and pursue that in your life. Do whatever it takes. Well, you heard it here first. Don't stand outside of that cave any longer. Mm -hmm. Step inside it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Open Spaces podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please like it and share it with your friends. We'd really love to connect with you. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Open Spaces Podcast.